welcome to Let's Talk Church. I'm Brian. And I'm Matt. We're here to talk about all that is going on in the church world. In this podcast, we find blog posts, articles, and vicious rumors about the church world, and we talk about it. All right, Matt, let's do it. Let's talk church. All right, Matt. So we're we're here talking tonight, and I know that you and I have talked about this uh, this concept on on my side a couple of times, um, but our article tonight comes from uh, Christian Headlines, and it's a pastor who has turned a strip club into a church in Alaska. Um, I'm super excited to talk about this. I know that it's it's a strange uh, strange topic for us to really dig into because the last couple have been more uh, global in scale. I think we talked to evangelism last time. We've talked about um, uh, polls of Christians and what they believe throughout the United States. This is this is not not that. It's right. It's not not even that same realm of uh, discussion points. Um, but it's definitely something that we should talk about. So I. I brought it to the table. We we looked at it. We both said, "Let's talk about it." So, have you have you thought much about this this week? Yeah, I've read through the article a couple of times actually this week. Um, we should probably let our listeners know that we intended on uh, recording this a couple of times this week, but right. life, life comes in the way, and we didn't get to. So, I've actually read through it a couple of times. Um, you know, obviously, I got questions for these folks. You turn the strip club into a into a church, right? Um, you know, my background I'm, that sounds exciting to me. Okay, let's do it. Let's. Uh, <laughs> heck, I'd be all right. Just uh, you know, be a strip club on Saturday and a church on Sunday. Yeah, uh, that that goes a little bit too far. Well, uh, I mean, the people know where to find you. You know, yeah, well, that's that's true. Um, I had I did have to go and look. Um, a mutual friend of ours pointed out that there's a church somewhere, right? I, I don't think it's in Alaska or specifically in Anchorage, at least, uh, that the the church bought a strip club but didn't change out all the signage outside. Um, so now people come in expecting it to be a strip club and it's a church. So I had to go and look and make sure this wasn't that same church. It's not. That would have been whoa, something fun to talk whoa. about. But... Whoa. That... <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that seems a little bit more bait and switchy. Which I'm all for some extreme stuff, but that's a little far. A little bit too much. The, the, the badness in me wants some order, and let's not let's not cause people to get upset. Right. Yep. Uh, also, that brings us along feelings of condemnation, you know. And we're not as Christians here to condemn people for a sin, right? Uh, you know, let let if they're going to feel guilty about it, let let the Lord work with them about that. Right, it ain't for Absolutely. me to do. Yep. I'm not going to say their sin is good, but it ain't for me to call them out and say, "Oh, you were evil and you did this and that." Look, you meant to come to a strip club, but no, it's a church. But looking at this article, I don't believe that's what these folks did at no. all. No, I, th- I think they actually took um, it and and turned it into. A, a little Baptist church. Did you want to go over the article a little bit, kind of summarize it for our listeners? Matt, for the, for the listeners, I mean, it's, it's really kind of, it is what it sounds like, right? A, a church a pastor came to Alaska as a, 
quote, pastor who sensed a calling to the last frontier, right? He, he came to Alaska specifically to open a church and um, found a realtor who happened to know of a strip club that was for sale and said, why don't y'all buy this building? Um, and the, uh, there's a quote here. See if I can find it from, from. And I knew churches, Christians, they love that story. Right. So he was, he was selling it to them as a, as a redemption kind of story, whether he was doing that specifically for the idea of, Hey, I know that I can make a sale by telling them this is redemption or whether he sees it in the way that I do as, as actual redemption is, now, is unknown here, but now they do mention in the story here though, that, so the, the realtor represented the original owner who had been a strip club and it got closed down. They didn't have a, some issues with their liquor license and some unpaid wages and stuff. The realtor was the one who's, you're talking about, had the idea Let's sell it to something to a church. But then he found a developer who bought it. And the developer held it for like five years praying about turning this into a church. And she mentions here that part of the reason her wanting to do so was that her mother used to be a stripper in Anchorage. And she felt like it was a redemption story. And then they found the pastor who moved there to start a church. So the, the, yeah. the developer owns the place. Uh, I think it's important that she took that time, you know? Um, yeah, I see that. I, I, I see that name in, in the article, and I was thinking that was the pastor, but then there's another name further down that is the pastor. Uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. You're right. So it's, yeah. it's kind of gone through a couple of hands to get to the church, which is pretty cool. I think it's... Uh, it's an interesting um, development, right? It's a it's a good change, good transformation in the the way that it went. You know, the church I used to serve in in Texarkana was uh, a lighting store, and then later became a video rental store. And it has a, kind of a connection to this because, of course, it was an independent video renting store. It had pornography and things there. Right. And then later, um, our church actually did not turn it into a church originally. Another group came in and turned it into a church. And then the Salvation Army ran it for a while as a mission. And then our church came along and uh, eventually purchased the building from the owner. But the owner was wanting more positive things in the neighborhood than pornography and things, you know. Right. And video rental stores died. Yeah. Yeah, that was a a sad time, right? Video rental stores were always fun as a kid, getting to go and pick up something on a Friday night. Oh yeah, but, you know we found we found pornography videos <laughs> and things in the ceiling in the drop down ceilings of that church. Oh gosh, I believe it. Years later, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, people used to stand on the toilet seat apparently and lift up the towels, and there was pornography up there, and we found some drugs up there, and lots of things happened in that wow. building. My goodness. So uh, let me ask you this: Do you think and uh, we'll talk about it, but do you think 
the physical space in which the church meets matters? Um, how so? Well, I mean, in this case, I mean, they're, they're going in to a strip club, right? Is that a, a, a good place for a says, church to, to meet? I think it says something to the community when they're going into a place that was, that was known as a strip club which is often seen as a sinful thing, right? Right. And it says something in the community. It's a, it's a story of redemption. People are going to be curious about it. And just the sensationalism of it is probably going to help draw people mm-hmm. to come see what's going on here. It might draw some criticism, too, and some people who are against it. Right. But it's going to draw attention uh, overall. I don't see much in the sanctity of a physical space. I believe the church is the people and where they meet isn't super important um a church i was involved in had a church plant that lost their building and they met for almost a year outside in a park pavilion and the church grew and i think the lord blessed that meeting even though they were outside and didn't even have a building um and then when they eventually got a building they got one for almost free but it was the most run down i'll tell you how run down it was they went to go work on the roof when they finally got a little money to do so and they found a basketball. There was a hole so big in the roof, there was a basketball in the hole. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, just insane stuff like that. They got the whole building for 500 bucks, which was a blessing. Right. But it cost thousands just to fix it up enough to be Maybe. a crappy old building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, and I think the Lord still works in places like that as much as the Lord works in a grand cathedral that's been there for 400 years, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think, and what matters is, in my opinion, right? Uh, what matters is that the place that you meet has been set aside for God for that purpose. Right. In what manner would you think setting aside? I, I am a, big fan of of a dedicated space for meeting right if if you had to meet you know in a place that was dual purpose you know then obviously i mean if there's a forced position that you have to be in then that makes sense right but if you as the church body have the opportunity to set a place aside to make it holy Right, because that's what agios means is to be holy, to set aside for a specific purpose. Right, if you have that opportunity, then that is what you should do. Right, and that is where you should meet. You should come together in the same place specifically for that purpose each week. The problem that I initially reading this saw, right. And then I sat back and thought about it and completely disagree with myself now, but it's a problem. (laughs) It's a problem that other people are going to see, right? That this is a place that for who knows how long, right? um, Has been set aside, has been made holy, right? Has been set aside for sin. Right, it's been set aside for the passions, it's been set aside for sexual immorality, it's been set aside for drunkenness, it's been set aside for the demons, 
for years, right? It is a place that was intended for that. And this church came in and started meeting there. There's going to be a lot of people that say, oh, you can't meet there. That's an unholy place, right? Because it was, right? It was it was set aside specifically in opposition to God. It was set aside for sin. And I thought that at first when I read it. And then I started thinking. <laughs> um, Come on, let that charismatic side out. I know, right? Um, and then came Jesus. And then came Jesus, right? Um, what, what do you think about places set aside as as being holier versus unholy? We'll, we'll start there for just a second. I don't believe that a place itself is holy. But I, I, don't, I don't think a physical building can be holy. I don't see any evidence of that. Um, I do think that setting a certain environment as humans can help us to concentrate better on holy things. Uh, for instance, playing the music, you know, dimming the lights. That's why we got fog machines in some of the big churches. And in the older churches, we have candles. They serve the same purpose. Uh, it's helped setting the scene for us to be able to concentrate and worship the Lord. And so I see that. I think of when you talk about holy, I think of my aunt. Her favorite song is that I'm standing on holy ground. Uh, it's in the hymnal. I think it's number 44 in the old Baptist <laughs> hymnal, right? Right. Um, and I sometimes miss that old Baptist hymnal. because It probably is number 44. There's something, uh. <laughs> something about that that's familiar. Right. Right. And I think that, and I mentioned, uh, you know, old cathedrals and everything earlier in, in a little bit of a disparaging way, but I think that's why we see such value in old cathedrals and things is that they're perceived as something divine or something holy just by the essence of the way they're designed and things, because we're taught that as our culture. Um, and I think that changes over time as well. There are some people who would never see a church with chairs as being something holy place to worship. They'd have to have pews while other people would be just think it was extravagant. He didn't have a dirt floor, you know, um, culture changes that for sure. Um, I do very much on, on that same subject believe that prayer is important and that we as people can dedicate a place and ask for the Lord's blessing. You know, when I moved in this house here, um, our listeners probably don't know, I live in the biggest, giantest house in Texas <laughs> I've ever had in my entire life. Right. I grew up extremely poor and I live in a super nice place now. Um, it is just this giant blessing. It's not even my house. It's a rent house, but I can actually afford this house. And man, it's a huge blessing. Right. I'm sitting here in my own office with modern furniture and carpet on the floor and air conditioning and everything. It's nice. When we moved to this house, you know, one of the first things we did is to thank the Lord for this and to pray for the Lord's blessing in this place. And we anointed all the door frames with oils like they did back in the old days, you know, and prayed for the Lord's blessing. Does that mean I think the wood is holy? No, but I do think that it is an act of obedience for us to ask the Lord for those things. 
and that's important. And so I think the church should be dedicated like that. I think you can't have church anywhere, but I think it is important to have a dedicated space to do such things. I think that helps with our worship. Um, it doesn't make worship outside there less authentic or less worship, but I think it's a helpful thing. If anything, just for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see, I see your point. I, 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 I don't wholeheartedly disagree, but I don't agree with everything, right? Uh, which I think well, you, that's, you know that. That's fine. Right? We better agree with everything. That's it. I'm sorry, buddy. Right? I know it. Nice sorry. knowing you. Oh well. Bye, guys. Uh, no. Um, You're uh, probably a demo demo publican or something now. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you you made the point, and I I think you unintentionally made the point that I want to make right when you started talking about how you took the time to thank God and, and bless your house, right? You, well, you ask came his in. blessings for the house. Right. Well, yes. Right. But that's an important but, but distinction you, to me. You, you performed the ritual, which requested his blessing. We can get in ritual later, but you, you set aside that place, right? As a place that you were going to say, God is worshiped right? This house follows Christ, right? This house is his, right? You made that place holy, right? Not the wood, right? But you made the space, right? The, the space that is yours, you made holy. You, re you requested that he make it holy, right? You know what I mean? Right. And again, I think that's a distinction because I would, I would never suppose myself into a position of power such as such, right? right. you know? Oh, right. I mean, even, well, we won't go there. Um, but, but you sought that out, right? You sought for it to be a separated space, right? I did the same thing whenever I moved into my apartment, right? Um, and it's because we understand, right, that when we walk in somewhere, we want to know that it is dedicated to God, Right? physical space matters, right? It, it matters in that way. If, if we walk in somewhere and you know this as well as I do, right? If you walk in somewhere that unbeknownst to you, right, is dedicated to sin, you walk in and you immediately know it. Because I don't, don't disagree with that. That is a weird thing to me. It, it's but because it's completely because, true. Because there is, phys there is a physical and spiritual overlap, right? The spiritual affects the physical, right? Not necessarily the other way around. The physical doesn't necessarily affect the spiritual, but the spiritual does affect the physical, right? Matter matters, right? But you can walk in and you know someplace that is unholy, you can walk in and you know someplace that is holy, right? Because that physicality is changed, right? And in this case of, of this church, right? I've got, a, I've got a point here that I wrote out and Matt was like, is that, does that come from 
the article or did you write that? I said, I wrote that because I firmly believe that if this church actually took this to be a physical manifestation of the gospel, right? This could be and should be the largest church in Anchorage, right? This is a chance for the people of this church to say, Christ reigns, right? He is here. He is coming back. Get ready, right? This is their chance to turn this into the biggest gospel push that Anchorage has seen in who knows how long. Whether they're going to do that or not, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's that chance to say this is a holy place. This was once an unholy place dedicated to sin. But Jesus. Jesus came, defeated the demons. Jesus came, defeated sin. Jesus came, defeated death. Right? Gave us the opportunity to walk beside him. And he's coming back. He's coming back one day to judge the living and the dead. He took this place that we had, that we as man, right? Not we as in the church, but we as mankind set aside for the demons. And Jesus came in and said, that's enough of that. We're going to do it my way. So you're saying he takes he the, the, they can use this as an opportunity to use the strip club as an advertising promotion. <laughs> no, I mean that's no. basically what you're saying. No, it shows it to people. Look, this was evil. Now it's not. That's advertising, buddy. Uh, advertising is different than proclamation of the evangelion, right? It's different than proclamation of the gospel. I yes, mean, whether they, you're selling newspapers or Jesus, you're doing the same sale. <sighs> Oh, sadly, <laughs> sadly, I know you're right because it is. It has become so much of a marketing ploy. But the, I realize that you're trying to you're trying to press the importance of this. Selling the newspaper is not near as important as telling someone about Jesus. Right. Um, but it's. But I'm it's not, not trying to reduce the importance of it, but I am trying to point out that this is an advantage, which is what you're saying. This is an advantage that it was a strip club. If yeah. this was just a building in downtown, I don't know that it is downtown, but whereas this just if this was just a building, it would not have near the same near story. the impact, right? It wouldn't have the same impact. Yeah, and um, actually, it's right next door to KD Discount Tires and right by Napa Auto Parts. Oh, yeah. that's nice to know. Oh, right across from the airport. Ooh, nice. We but, should fly to Alaska and go visit this church. Uh, right. Uh, maybe they'll let me come and preach and be like, this is the gospel, right? Jesus Christ came, lived, died, rose again, and he's coming back. Right. I don't think they'd ever let me. I'm not Baptist anymore. Um, but this is. I mean, did your gospel change? You just said the Baptist message right there. Um, to be honest, yes. 
but uh, it's because well, then say the whole thing and don't leave it out. You know what I'm saying? It's right. It's because my the the message, right? The uh, charisma, right? The message, the even itself did not change, right? Right. My understanding of it and the way that it should be presented most definitely did. Um, because for me, the gospel is no longer how do I get saved? Right? That's not the gospel. The gospel is not a step-by-step list of what do I do to get saved. The gospel is Jesus Christ is king. He's coming. Get ready. Right? The proper response to that message then is how do I get ready? Right? That second half is what so many people have focused on as being the gospel, when in reality it's the first half that's the gospel. The second half is the response to the gospel. But if theoretically you were to go to preach there, you could not preach just the first half. Right. You have to preach the second half. Right. And I don't think that's wrong. If you're saying the gospel is in these two halves, and then there are other people are saying, well, the gospel is all that, or the gospel is the second half, I don't know many people who would phrase it the same way you would about it being just about this part and not mention that Jesus is coming back, you know? Um, I think that's pretty common knowledge that are pretty common as part of the story. I do think that a lot of churches and a lot of Christians oversimplify the gospel and that is detrimental to any sort of discipleship or any sort of growing in the faith beyond the believe in Jesus Christ. Right. You know, up to the point of maybe even, maybe even removing all the teeth from the gospel so much that it's, it's, it's not useful anymore. Mm -hmm. In some cases, you know, I think I ranted about this last podcast about, (laughs) (laughs) so I won't go into the full, my full rant about, uh, about that. So I do think it needs to be resented as a unified message, but I think like a lot of things, what you're talking about seems to be semantics. I think a lot of churches do believe, including the in the Baptist faith and message, uh, that the message of salvation, whether we call it gospel or not gospel, I think the, the, the cultural word of the gospel is a little different than maybe what it was before, but it didn't change what the Bible says and it doesn't change how you get saved. And we even use the word saved rather than, you know, unified with God or some other way we could state that, right? Um, like a lot of things, I don't, I don't think it's all that different. I, I, I can see the, it's, it's a lot of semantics, but from where I sit, right, from my perspective, the words do matter. Right, the the meanings of the words, as they were originally intended, do matter significantly. Um, you know, like we can look at uh, homoousios versus homoousios, right? Which was a big part of contention at Nicaea in was it three seventeen A.D. and that one little iota completely changes the word, right? One means but what that... is What does it change for the guy who came here every Saturday to the strip club and now notices there's a church there, so he comes and visits the church? 
Well, for the for that guy, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Unless, well, depends on how it's being presented to him. Yeah, because that one word determined if Christ was fully God and fully man or some separate entity, right? That that matters to that guy, right? That guy that might show up to church one Sunday thinking it was a strip club. If God, if Christ was not fully God and fully man, that matters. <laughs> it matters a lot. That changes the entirety of the gospel. What I'm assuming by the denomination of this church is the only way I know, really. Uh -huh. I'm assuming by the denomination of this church that they teach that. Mm -hmm. I would hope so. I'm looking, I'm looking at their website. I, mean, I don't see much about... I always like to see that on websites. You know, what are their beliefs? Something about heaven. See, I, I like that, and then a lot of times I don't like that. Because most of the time it's just copied and pasted from some other source. True. I think that yeah. an individual congregation is something we probably do agree on. I think an individual congregation should have to go through their beliefs and talk about why they believe that. I think a lot of churches leave that out in the interest of growing quickly. Let's keep going. Let's move on for the mission. And they right. don't go back and circle on that. Yeah. I've been a part of several churches and one of the churches I was part of, we, started doing that and we had a particular pastor who took that on kind of as, as his particular calling that he was going to train people who were new into the church often new into the faith here's what we believe and why we believe it and let's look at the verses let's look what the bible says let's talk about this and for a while he was supported on that until we were growing so fast he couldn't teach everybody individually himself instead right. of growing the disciples to teach other disciples um it just disappeared. Yep. Another church I was at, the pastor super into that sort of thing and super into the whole growing disciples to teach other disciples. And as a result, people left the church, mm -hmm. not because they were mad, but they would grow and then go and do something else, but still in the faith. So while they didn't necessarily grow big numbers themselves, I think they did major things for the kingdom, you know? Right. Yep. Um, and I think that's important, but I've also, like I said, I've also seen churches, um, who didn't focus on that. And I've been guilty of that myself. Well, we've got all these other things to do. We just don't have the time for a new members class or a believers class, or we don't have the time for the basics. Let's just go on, you know? Right. Um, and I think that is where I definitely see fault. It's kind of that wisdom thing. You know, we talked a little bit about that Mars Hill podcast previously. We should do a whole podcast about that podcast. <laughs> um, right. Cause man, I've seen some of that stuff and I, it reminds me of experiences I've had, reminds me of things I've done myself um, in both cases. And it talks about, you know, having, they, they discuss in there, it's about having gifts that oversee your wisdom, you know, your discernment. And mm -hmm. that right there is having gifting <laughs> that goes over your, your wisdom and your discernment. I think it is, it's folly to not go back and look at that stuff. And the, more I grow in my walk with Christ, the more I realize how important that stuff is, that we do need to go back. Right. That salvation is not that complicated. Right. But living a life for Christ kind of is. 
Right. And we should understand it. And one common thing in the Baptist churches, and, and you, you know, I, I'm part of a Baptist church, is the Baptist faith and message. And you're right. I see a lot of churches that probably just copy and paste that, or they just go get that from somewhere mm-hmm. else, even not in our churches. And I think it's important to go over that and know why do we believe this? Well, here's the verses of why, you know. Right. Um, this church does not have a posting of their beliefs exactly. They do have a whole thing about how do you get to heaven type thing with some verses. It's the Romans road, basically uh, yeah. posted on there. Um, which, which kind of points me back towards, you know, my statement earlier that I wasn't entirely sure how they were proclaiming this, this redemption of, uh, from sin of this building and of this, uh, this particular parcel of land for, for Christ. I will tell you their website mentions nothing about this, which is kind of disappointing. Right. They're getting this press. This article came out on the 15th. This church was just formed last year in the middle of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this ain't all over their website. Uh, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. honestly, I'd leave a poll up somewhere. Yeah. Not to, to dance on per se, um, although I can see some churches be like praise dancing or something, <laughs> uh, right? But I would leave a poll up to show the the Christ conquering this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this this has been this has been conquered. But when I look on their website and I see some videos they got posted, it just looks like some generic church to me, right? Yep. I don't know that they're I don't know that they're using this as a maybe they are. I ain't actually click play on the videos but it sure don't say anywhere here about this was a strip club or i think they ought to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. yep so uh, i may uh stick this one in my reminders for a year from now just so we can go back and be like where did that church land how are they doing that would sure be interesting discussion huh yeah we should just totally go to Alaska sometime. I'm game. Find some plane tickets. Well, I think we've kind of gotten off topic a little bit, but I think our our listeners should um, definitely think through some of the things that we've talked about. the The redemption story here is a beautiful example of the gospel in action, and I think. Um, I think it's something that God can use and and make some serious difference for Anchorage. What do you think? I do think so. Um, I will tell you that church is having three services. Something's happening at this church. They're having three services on a Sunday. Nice. And then a, and then a Wednesday service. So something's happening there. That's for sure. Yeah, and even if it doesn't happen through this particular local group of believers. It may happen through another particular local group of believers. I find it interesting that the Lord can use his church and I'm talking big C church in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, I mentioned earlier about being part of a church that, you know, there were two other congregations there before us, uh, which had some moderate success. But then once we were there, the Lord just really blessed with a lot of lives change and things, you know? Right. I think all those congregations had some success. Um, 
and the Lord used them all, and they were all a little bit different in their beliefs and their things, but they all love the Lord, so. Yeah, I hear you. Well, listeners, I, we appreciate you joining us. I think um, this will give you all something to go home and think about and pray about. Pray for this church as they, as they get started and get going, um, and we will talk to you.